everybody, and welcome back once again to the Pre-Game Effect Podcast. My name is Ian, and I'm joined here, as always, by Luke and Dom. How's it going, fellas? What up, what up? Luke's uh, Luke's on <laughs> baby duty at the moment, so <laughs> we'll let him stay a little muted. We're doing good. How you guys doing? <laughs> It's, try uh, and make it work try and make it work it's okay <laughs> hey, the button. <laughs> it's the first of many visits on the podcast yeah hey no worries no worries <clears throat> the kid will be slinging red and blue spells before we know it it's first <laughs> first words bolt you <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope we can only hope mom's got him now so <laughs> so what you fellas been up to not uh, much <laughs> baby that's about it <laughs> that's fair that's fair understandable you've been able to play arena at all uh yeah yeah i've been playing a lot of arena i've been playing explorer mainly bad decks but they're fun hey man that's you know as long as you're having fun right that's the whole that's the whole part of the game right yeah yeah i've been able <laughs> to play competitive magic in months anyway so why why do it on arena <laughs> True. understandable what have you been playing in explorer uh, mainly still have four color Omnath. Okay. It's just, it's just a ramp deck that you go ahead and just try to cast Genesis ultimatum on turn like five. I mean, I guess that's all right. Yeah. It seems okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cause often that Genesis ultimatum turns into at least one more. Yeah. That's fair. And then usually the opponent can seize before you have, like actually figure out how to kill them. Mm-hmm. Those are the, those are the fun games where you're just doing so much big powerful stuff but problem it's a problem is a lot of big powerful nothing and they're just like hey eh, he's probably gonna kill me eventually so i'm just gonna they're just like yeah i just, I just don't want to sit here and like, wait <laughs> i know that was my like that was my deal when i was playing arena if i got paired against a like a, con- or a control deck and they were just kind of dirtling but i wasn't they were able to stop me but they weren't killing me I was just like, yeah, I just don't care. I'm backing out. I'm done. Move on. Because in three or four clicks and 30 seconds, I could be paired against someone else. Mm -hmm. And that was where my my time and uh, patience were uh, valued a little differently. (laughs) And if if you're not like trying to grind for number one mythic, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was my thing. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to go crazy on it. You know, like, yeah, it's cool to get up there. I know we got a, a couple buddies <clears throat> that have been kind of showing their progress off recently. Um, I mean, hey, that's it's awesome if people are doing that and stuff. That's what you want to do, and you can get out there and you can have fun with it. This is the biggest thing. Just have fun with it. Like you know, like you said, Luke. If even if the deck's not great, you're still having a good time. That's what matters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying yeah. to see these you know I, I remember when that was kind of all that was around it was the arena stuff that was going on and you were hearing these people talk about how they were trying to grind and playing like 16 hours a day and it's like hey if that's what you want to do cool but you gotta gotta be able to have fun and take a step back when you need to so yeah i do it like i have a slow minute at work i play a game yeah, or two, yeah. you know something like that for sure i only, I almost never play on the weekends because i don't set up my computer on the weekends yeah no, i don't I, I never like make time to just play you know yeah i got you i got you all right i, I just think uh uh that's another psa this is dom's psa moment 
it's not me bitching about anything. It's just saying, look out for yourself, especially now that paper things are coming back and people are going to be grinding again. Just, you know, have fun with it. That That's the whole part of the game. And let's, uh, don't go too crazy into it, you know? Hell yeah. The more you know, and this is where the rainbow and the star comes <laughs> above me, and like this is works. I have been trying to tune some different decks. Um, we caught we talk about like Pro Tour Mike's basement. It's our buddy. We end up going over there and slinging some spells here and there. I recently switched over eight mulch back to red green lands, um, but it was called wetlands because they added a, a little bit of blue for like Ottawa and Fluster Storms in the board, I believe. I'm just glad they didn't call it moist because they added blue. <clears throat> there, I think there was one or two that were called moist. I don't know. I just it's fine. Uh, I'm not freaked out by the words, so it doesn't doesn't matter for me. Uh, but I've been looking, it's, I don't know, I've been kind of in one of those spots recently, which is magic almost as a whole, that there are cool decks that I really would like to play. And I own little to no cards of those decks. And I understand it would be get one of these, uh, rental services and, you know, start playing things on there but even then it's like i don't have time to sit at my computer the whole time and play all these decks so just looking at different things uh our buddy ramos built the uh affinity list the blue affinity list and modern he's been having pretty good runs with that i was able to see it in person that's scary that deck was super cool yeah, because like we haven't yeah. uh, we haven't recorded since I did that five k um, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. but that was actually my first loss was playing against that blue affinity deck mm-hmm. uh, on turn two or so turn one on the play. My opponent literally just went tap land go. Yeah, I played a triumph, mm-hmm. and then on their turn two, they played untapped artifact land, um, a springleaf drum, an ornithopter, a frogmite. They cast a thought cast. They cast like four more creatures and two uh, thought monitors. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, we're dead. <laughs> Let's try to hide what version of your in pile I'm playing, yeah. but still look like I have a chance. That shit was wild to see like what was going on. And I, I was only seeing some games of it. He was. Ramos was playing against Mike, who was trying some Asmo food deck. And I mean, that deck's scary as hell, too. Um, man, yeah, seeing some of the plays, it was just out of nowhere. You look over, and there's just, they just started the game, and his whole board state's completely filled. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely in on. Definitely in on seeing those things and trying it out. Um, I'm honestly, I'm looking at this, the mono black depths list that's been popping up recently. Yeah, I have most of it. And 
I mean, I don't know. It looks pretty dope. So I think my my herb works are out getting signed, I believe. So I would have to proxy those up and get another ancient team, but that's okay. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that looks dope. I, I need to sit down, go through my stuff, and figure out what else I need for death taxes and reanimator, because I know I would enjoy those. Mm-hmm. Um, and the four-color loam facebook group has been a little active there's been a few people that have been uh, participating and i've shared it with at least ian a few times there is this four color loam and it is actually in the spice corner for this week in legacy that is on goldfish and uh it is wild these things are insane. Um, just the so this version's four color non blue. I've seen five color as well. Some of them are playing Yorian and they'll play an 81, 81st card in the main just because, you know, not trying to find or not trying to figure out what you can take and whatnot. Uh, I'm a fan of the uh, 81 card special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, I got no problem with it. Uh, but yeah, this one is a four color depths. Yorian, and you're running all this. I'm like, oh man, the planeswalker package, it's all one ofs, but it's Grist, Kaya, Narset, three drop to fairy, adjacent mind sculptor, wandering emperor. Um, you, you run green sun zenith, so you can get everything except your baleful strix, your dark confidants. Um, I, it just looks wild and, and it being able to see the the guy that's been grinding the person that's been grinding this out and see his additions and subtractions and you know analysis on this list has been really really cool to see um yeah, so like the numbers of one and two ofs in this deck on cards yeah. zoom would be oh yeah like four of staples like um the guy's only playing two crop rotation two green sun two prismatic ending those are four ofs in every other deck that plays yeah it's it's wild i I know they they definitely said it's the hardest deck they've ever played but it is extremely rewarding for those who like figure go in and figure it out and unlock what's going on you know and i mean with you saying that it's definitely like a toolbox deck and i know i am 100 percent into decks like that um I wanted to play Kiki Cord when it was around, but I didn't have it. My cousin did, so I would just sit there and watch him play. And I play goblins and lands and stuff. Enchantress, like it's it's kind of the same stuff. You have these one ofs, silver bullets, almost to kind of figure things out. Um, I'm very much thinking about running this in the next uh, Legacy Jam at one of our LGSs, and just seeing what happens with it. It sounds like it's one of those decks that's like miserable to <laughs> until you get it until it clicks, mm-hmm. and then it's just a dream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think this looks looks super cool. And I know, I you think even this list that's in this um, this copy that's in this uh, article here, I think he may have added a currency converter to it, and, and was just having some comments on that. I, I know I've talked to Ian about it before. 
I think that card's pretty good. You know, it came out and people were a little iffy on it. And I'll admit when at first, when I was looking, I was only reading the part where it was making guys slowly. And I was like, well, that's why we have, um, retrofitter foundry. I was like, it kind of does the same thing. I like completely missed the part where it exiles cards, but you also draw. So you can like hide lands in exile but then bring them back and draw cards and you can do some wild stuff with loam and everything um so yes i sent my uh my order in to one of our lgs's so i can pick those up in a day or two so seems reasonable yeah so because i just want to get them before lord knows they pick up and go off like crazy i'm finally spending 10 bucks or whatever on them but I don't want to be in a situation like our buddy Mike is talking about Displacer Kitten. They were $8 the other day, and now they're closing in on 20 or something. Jeez. <laughs> and that's the regular version. <laughs> that card this guy hand. doesn't buy the regular version of mm-hmm. anything. No. Yeah, Mike is very much a, if it, it's not shiny, I don't want it kind of mm-hmm. game. That's why he plays monocolored decks in uh, Legacy. Because yeah, then his lands can all be foiled. Yeah, because he can't get foil duels. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, the Displacer Kitten's been popping up a lot in Legacy lately. Because mm-hmm. there's two different combos with it in the format already. Yeah. Because um, the, the first one that started popping up was uh, three drop to fairy plus kitten plus any zero drop artifact means you mm-hmm. draw your deck. Yeah, absolutely. And let's be honest. If you draw your deck in Legacy and you can't find a way to kill your opponent, you built your deck wrong. Yeah, if you're playing the kind of deck that says draw your deck, you better be able to kill them once you get that chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other deck that combos with it, uh, it's actually a two-card combo if you play Displacer Kitten and Karn. Um, because Karn... If you minus it and go get a Lion's Eye Diamond from your sideboard, um, you play your Lion's Eye Diamond, you blink your card. Mm-hmm. Crack your LED for mana, minus your your card to go get a Tormod Script. Tormod Script, target yourself. So the Tormod Script is, it blinks your card and it's now in your graveyard and then your graveyard goes into exile. So Karn is able to get your Lion's Eye Diamond back from exile. And then your Tormod script. And you just do that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Make infinite mana. And then you can cast a uh, walking ballista out of your sideboard. Turns out yeah. an infinitely big walking ballista is a good way to kill your opponent. Fair enough. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> um, but like, I think rest, that gets there. It, I'm not entirely it, sure, but it really I does. think it gets there. I'll have to crunch the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but like the weird thing about this deck is it's not just a combo deck because you're still playing Urza, Thought Monitor, Psy, Chalice, bunch of zero drops. You're playing Sagas. Like you're still playing just that like prisony mono blue artifact deck where you just happen to have an infinite combo in it. Yeah, it mm-hmm. sounds like it's a good prison deck with just an I win button. Yeah, exactly. That like, like if you accidentally put these pieces anyway. together. But it's it's a lot of a lot of moving parts that also aren't really moving parts. So it's kind of a interesting combo deck to have in the format. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like, other than the, the kitten, they're all it's all cards you were going to have in your deck anyway, like, if you're playing that style of deck. Exactly. So it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Um, I don't know if it's going to stick around a ton after people get done playing it, it for the first couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, the extended art foils are currently at $43. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. Jesus. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely flavor of the moment, but we'll we'll see what happens with it going forward because it's powerful enough where it can do some dumb stuff. That's for sure. You can probably kill turn two, turn three with this deck with a good draw. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'll be honest. I have not been focusing on legacy much the last couple of weeks. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think that deck, you know, like, like Luke said, it's the cards you were already be playing, and you can just add a new piece to it, and like test it out, and see. It's one of those things too, where is the the new card helping the deck, or is the deck just running well anyway? Yeah, like, is it the Displacer Kitten that's making this deck good, or is it the fact that you're playing Urza, Karn, and Thought Monitor? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's where it's iffy, you know? Like, you switch, you put a one of or a two of in your deck, okay? And you play test, and you don't see that card come up at all, but you're still doing pretty well. Okay. I mean, well, I'm trying to test this new card, and nothing came about you know yeah. so you got to try and figure out like well oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna have it in my opener that's fine you know okay sure you, you test like that try and see if it's the new tool or if the deck's just running out at the time <laughs> yeah, what i'll do a lot of time when i want to like test a new one of if i'm just jamming games i'll play three yeah because then you'll see it more often very fair um like obviously, if it's like I'm playing like in control deck and I want to try to one new one of win condition, like I'll be honest, I usually don't test those because mm-hmm. like if it gets to the point where I'm casting a win condition, I already won the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah like the win condition is the least important part of a control really deck is. like that. Mm-hmm. Like the majority of the time when I play blue eye control, if I have a win condition left in my deck, yeah, okay, cool, you can kill that. I'll I won't trade resources. I'll fight over the last the last one I have. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> I like either bumping up the number that you would be playing, or if you're playtesting, if it's like three or higher, start with it in your hand. If you're running like a one or two of, maybe setting it aside and like, oh, this is going to be my third or fourth draw step or something mm-hmm. to kind of get it in there and, and see if it if it works or something obviously or just like that's the shuffle it into the top 15 cards you're done yeah or something like that yeah, yeah exactly so that's a, that's actually a real interesting you know thing i never thought of mm-hmm. yeah it's i think i think i saw like pvddr or something talk about something like that and i was like Man, it was the light bulb came on. Like, yeah, you know, you sit here and try and test something out, and there's a one or two of like, yeah, we're not finding it at all. <laughs> so yeah, I think I will, that works. 
I will take testing advice from the man who has done testing with several pro tour teams for years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And he's 100%. won how many? Cause I think he's won a couple. Um, I'm not sure. Let me check real quick. Might be two. <laughs> and again, his testing team has won <clears throat> lots. Uh, let me crunch the numbers more than me. Uh, yeah. So PVDDR has won two Grand Prix with 19 top eights and two mm-hmm. Pro Tours with 12 top eights. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's not too many people who have a better conversion rate for uh, Pro Tour top eights to wins than Grand Prix top eights to wins. No. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. <clears throat> Yeah, he's wow. he was always a very solid magic player, that's for sure. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah, that dude's all, like legit he did it was it was called like tiny edges he was mm-hmm. doing for Channel Fireball for a while. I wish he continued doing them. Um I still listen to those little things to like before going to a decent event. You know, just to like kind of calm me, put me put me in a good mood. You know, we've we've talked about it before. The the best placements I've ever had is when I'm super relaxed and just have a song stuck in my head or something, mm-hmm. not really giving a giving too much of a damn about what's going on, you know. <laughs> so at least that's that's for me, but um well I guess Ian will get to what you've been doing. In a little bit, so we can kind of put that on pause. I feel like that's kind of fair enough. Yeah, um, I'll probably be talking for a while. Yeah, so go ahead and get your your water drink of choice ready. <laughs> um, since we've last recorded, so today is the fourteenth of June. There was a banning last week. BNR came out, and Pioneer and Explorer were affected. So, well, I guess before that, Winota got banned. No, this is this is what we're talking about. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, yeah, Explorer and Pioneer got hit. So, Explorer, Expressive Iteration was banned. And then in Pioneer, Expressive Iteration and Winota. Uh, all banned, nothing else coming off of the list. They had decent discussion on the different things. Um, we can talk about those bannings here in a second. I had talked to the guys and kind of wanted to have a little bitch fest about the sector section at the end. They talked about the other formats, uh, standard. I can't, I can't say much. I kind of don't have an opinion. I've just been seeing some of the pictures of, people doing the standard challenges and playing against the same deck for eight or nine r- rounds in a row. I, I think that's uh, that to me is a problem, but Hey, I don't play standard. doesn't affect me much. Um, the modern they're talking that a metagame continues to show great play style diversity with aggro tempo combo and control and ramp all represented in the top multiple playing decks. I think modern's, this is personal opinion. I feel like Modern's just in a weird place. Like, I'm not having that much fun with it. 
I feel like there could be a big shakeup. And I honestly feel like it's probably just companions go and just, just be done with it. Lurus is already gone or something bigger happening. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I'll skip legacy. Cause that's going to be some talk uh, vintage again. I don't play it. I know we have some friends that do uh, do pretty well in it and stuff. I think they're saying, yeah, it's a small sample size. So it's hard to like try and see things. Um, then there's legacy <clears throat> and I'm just going to read this whole thing and it's only a paragraph. So it says since the ban of Ragavan in January, the win rate of is it Delver has come down and the deck now shows appropriate strengths and weaknesses against the other most played archetypes. Reanimator control resource denial combo and aggro are all additional macro archetypes that are seeing success. We'll continue to keep an eye out for potential unhealthy or unfun play patterns, but otherwise natural metagame forces currently look sufficient to handle any short-term shifts in deck popularity. Uh, I'm going to go over here to the legacy metagame, and in the past 30 days, is it Delver is 24.1% of the whole meta. <clears throat> I think it's amazing that they came out and wrote this paragraph they if they said nothing that would have been better mm-hmm. than writing the putting all of these words together with punctuation and formatting and all that i think it would have been better for them not to say a goddamn thing but they came out and they said this shit holy hell the legacy groups at Twitter, on Facebook, Reddit, and everything were ripping these people a new one. It's hilarious, but also, in my eyes, sad. How are you saying the win rate went down? Well, because they only looked at three of the eight matchups. Right? Like, what is going on? In January was the last time you hit something from there. And this is not like a Ragavan was okay. That card needed to go. But you're looking at this, and they're going to be, they're possibly getting new tools too. Let's be honest. We talked about it before. I think Sailor's Bane is going to be played. I I don't think it's going to be four of us. I think there could be at least two in these decks. You're telling me Merc Time five and six isn't good? Like that's that's insane, right? Yeah. What the hell is going on? Like they, they just must, they must not be looking at the the results at all. They're not lo- looking at this format at all. So right? here's so here's the, the crazy thing: that twenty four percent that is down. Yeah, it is down. Like how fucked yeah. up is that? <laughs> that, yeah. that? That a single deck being at twenty four percent is down. So that's one of those. Technically, that part is correct. It's not down enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the way that I look at it right now in Legacy, the problem is not Delver. As much as like Delver is the one that people focus on the most, Delver itself is not the problem deck. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the two Legacy challenges just from this weekend, um, out of all of the, like for example, on the Saturday challenge, there were 68 copies of Brainstorm and Force of Will. So, shocker, every Force of Will deck was playing Brainstorm. Yeah. Um, there's still the one person playing three ponders, and I don't know who you are, but stop it, because there's only 67 ponders. 
but you need to stop. <laughs> um, but out of all of the decks, like all the Delver decks, so the the four days for Darcy, um, there were thirty six copies of Dragon Rage Channeler. So thirty six days is thirty six people playing Pyroblast, like. Expressive iteration though was 52 copies in the top 32. Yeah. So that's 26 copies that weren't in Delver. But obviously every Delver player is playing four of them. The the Delver decks are somewhat being kept in check because Expressive Iteration is helping all of these blue-red X control decks, whether it's blue-red with some white or with some green or with all five colors because mana doesn't matter anymore. Absolutely. Um, Expressive Iteration is helping all of these decks keep up with the broken deck. Mm. It doesn't mean that the deck isn't broken. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care if Delver itself gets a ban. It's expressive iteration is just too strong of a card in a format where there's all of these one mana spells that you're hitting. Absolutely. And I know, like, I, my thought on it, I, I feel like we've talked about this card several times already. And my thought on it, I was telling you guys before, is I think with this, it was hit in Explorer and Pioneer. Those are two of the smallest card pool formats that it is in. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. As I mean, that's we've all seen the picture of you know the little domino hitting the bigger domino, hitting the bigger domino, and then eventually it's like as big as a fucking house, you know. That thing's falling over. Is that is this happening? <clears throat> are they I finally reeling? Expressive iteration. I, yeah, I think. I mean, the next thing, it's okay, it was Pioneer, yeah, it's, you know, well, the card pool in Pioneer, maybe it can't it can't handle it and all that stuff, that's fine. Um, then you get to Modern. Yeah, that card's ridiculous in Modern, too. And if Modern's getting... The Modern card pool is huge now. It's, it's gigantic, you know? And then you yeah. get into Legacy and stuff, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, I, I've literally had an Is It Delver player mull to five i'm on lands and i'm i have like an exploration i have my loam going off this is fine so i'm able to hit their mana sources as well almost every turn and they were able to cast three expressive iterations get back into the game land a merc tie that i couldn't deal with and i was dead in two turns and it's like after all of these things that weren't against them, and this is not me like bitching that the deck, well, I guess it kind of is, but like seeing how far back they were, and then they're able to act like nothing happened at all. Yeah, like playing a deck like Delver is supposed to get you to a point where, okay, I am ahead on board, we're kind of even ish on resources. I need to press my advantage. Yeah. Like that is what a tempo deck is supposed to do. Absolutely. They're supposed to not stop you from doing what you're doing. They're just supposed to slow you down long enough to kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's similar to something that I've said a lot of times about death and taxes. 
um because like none of my cards are really haymakers mm-hmm. but with death and taxes and tempo decks your only goal is to annoy your opponent to death yeah because just make it harder for them to play the game make it harder for them to resolve their spells and then eventually like they're at six and you're holding two lightning bolts and they die yeah yeah and i i think in it's one of those things where yes playing against them in that situation i'm like okay yeah it's they can absolutely come back and win i totally understand that it's the whole reason we play this damn game because Mm -hmm. if we sat down at the table and knew the outcome already that wouldn't be that much fun right right we have our bad beat story but we have those great win stories too and Mm -hmm. but when that tempo deck is able to just slam one card and then the game's over in a turn or two when your opponent's not at six life like you talked about again not two bolts away or maybe that chain lightning that they used to play you know it's like oh no yeah here's a here's a seven seven and then the next turn i'm going to cast another one but this first one's going to go to a 13 13 and it's going to swing like yeah all right cool you know and like i i understand like legacy is going to have broken stuff. Every format's going to have broken things. And I think it's fine to a certain degree, but whatever. Like, but good Lord. Well, I think a good indicator Ugh. as to how powerful that card is in that deck. You know, <clears throat> I used to play that deck and every single time I played the mirror, which was, you know, fairly often, mm-hmm. you might as well not have kept track of life totals. It was who cast more iterations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's who wins that game. Yeah, honestly. Is who casts more iterations. Yeah, and it being paired with cards like uh, Dragon Rage Channeler are just even crazier to me. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about like Ponder and stuff, being able to look at four cards alone. Ponder with a Channeler out there can look at five. You know, like you could just dig deeper. And I'm not like against... I know good cards are going to be good. And especially if you pair them together, they can be even better. I understand that. But I think some of these, like, oh, my God. I, I do truly think, yeah, expressive radiation, I think it's in the smallest formats. It's starting to go. And they're just they're letting the people that have more money in their decks play with it a little bit longer. And eventually it's going to be the pieces are going to start falling. And honestly, Look at every deck that I think that plays it in modern and in legacy. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Set those aside and put the next card in. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Like, it, some people are going to be upset. I get it. When your card gets banned from your deck, you got to figure out the next thing, right? Yeah. But, but I, at the same time, when you're playing cards. something like Expressive Iteration, yeah. your next best thing is still preordained. Absolutely. Like, it's still a good card. It's not like yeah. you have Birthing Pod. Yeah, like you can still do stuff. Yeah, like I played Hogak. Okay, I knew the card was broken. Mm-hmm. Okay, when they banned it, I was like, "Oh man, that sucks." Took those out and put the next card in, and I played the same deck. I had my options already figured out for the next thing I was gonna do. You know, like it. it there's there's already the the bullseye on this card. Yeah. Now, do we think that maybe? <laughs> And I don't know if there's any truth to this, but maybe it's the last time they banned something in this format was it was to attack this deck, and they don't want to do that twice in a row. 
I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not the right thing to do. No, I, I get what you're saying, but, but I'm I, just trying to kind of get in their heads a little bit. I, I feel like, but look at the, like most of the cards that have been banned since Delver became a deck were because of Delver. Oh yeah. Right. And I, I think, yes, the feels bad of let's, let's say you started playing Delver even just a few years ago. And every time this new set comes out and these new cards come out, you go out and buy them, you put them in your deck and you shuffle up and you start playing. And then weeks or months, maybe you get away with a few years of playing with some of these and then they get banned. You're like, ah, shit. Well, okay. So I gotta either start playing modern for these cards or post them up and try and sell them to EDH players or something like that, you know? But it's, it's just time and time again, it's like, it's the same people, mm. you know, it, it's the same problem. It, it's the coming up in, I'm, I'm trying to come up with an analogy right now of it, but it's, it's like the boy who cried wolf, but like it's everyone else talking about this one person. <laughs> like the way, the way that I look at everything with express federation right now and legacy and to an extent in modern as well. Um, it's very similar to how I felt when I was playing birthing pod in modern back in the day, every single time I sleeved up that deck, I thought to myself, man, this is broken. I need to enjoy my time with this while I have it. Yeah. Absolutely. Not gonna let me keep getting away with it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, this is stupid. This should be banned, but until they say, no, I'm going to keep playing and a lot of people who I have talked to who are actively playing expressive iteration in anywhere from one to five formats has consistently said, this card is stupid. They need to ban it, but I'm going to keep playing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I play it in every format they let me. Yeah. And I'm going to until they stop me. Exactly. <laughs> because there's a lot. You have to have a good reason not to play it. Yeah. Like it was very tempting for me to play Money Pile this weekend, um, just because like the expressive iteration package in there, and by package I mean just playing expressive iteration, seems like it was just powerful enough to carry the rest of the deck, mm-hmm. even though I thought that Elementals was the more powerful deck. Well, you know what it's like? It's like when uh, when Oko is still around and you would have people that if you are playing, if you, you know, back in the day, that day, if you were playing blue or green, you were stupid if you didn't splash the other one mm-hmm. to put Oko in your deck. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you're playing blue or red, you better have a very, like you said, have a very good reason to not splash the other one, even if it was just to put that card in your deck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially in a format like Legacy, where a splash is free, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a thousand dollars. But say, you say free, but duels are expensive. Yeah. It's it's crazy to me, honestly. That it's <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I, I yeah, I just I feel like it's I I think the time is coming, honestly. After seeing this BNR last week. Um, I think it's, I think it's coming around, you know, and they're talking about seeing, 
the card selection, the card advantage it gives. And I think it's just like a little too good. I'm fine with good cards. I'm fine with great cards. I think that's totally understandable. But there's sometimes where when these good and great cards are paired together, that it's just like you get so, you know, tier zero, S tier, however you want to describe it. Decks are out of this world almost. Like seeing the the percentages that they go from, it's just crazy. So I I definitely think some something's got to give. I know that was one of our episode titles weeks ago, um, but I truly kind of think it was a little bit of a slap in the face to write this whole little paragraph here. And like I said, they could have just had, you know, they go. Standard, here's a paragraph. Modern, here's a paragraph. Legacy, they could have just left it blank. Mm-hmm. And then vintage, here's a paragraph. <laughs> I think that would have been better than what they did here. And that's Legacy. my little... We'll let you know. Yeah, like dot uh, TBD. Yeah. <laughs> like They could have just put... Like, if they would have put, like, a GIF of something or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, something dancing around, whatever, you know? Crazy to me, but... <sighs> anyway, there were some bannings. We've mentioned them before. It was iteration in both Explorer and Pioneer, and Winota also got banned in Pioneer. And the only reason it didn't get banned in Explorer is because it already was. Because it already was. Yes. Yes. Um, the I, only reason Explorer has been playable the last I, few weeks. I was going to say, yeah. Um, so this went into effect immediately and our own Ian Hoffman was, uh, non-surprisingly, uh, starting to grind out like we've talked about before and had a tournament this past weekend that happened to be pioneer. Yeah. So Ian, um, we'll kind of revert back to the intro where we talk about what have you been doing magic wise? How's your uh, how's your last week been? <laughs> uh, it was a lot more testing and switching decks than I would have liked it to be. Um, so originally, uh, so Samantha and I were both going up to NRG Lansing, mm-hmm. and we originally were on close to the same deck in Modern, and we were going to play the same seventy five and Pioneer. Um, so for Modern, we were playing versions of money pile mm-hmm. um i was playing the elemental version she ended up settling on the counter spell uh expressive iteration build i i thought that the elementals build was better into the expected winners meta Fair. whereas the counter spells kind of were more of a catch-all to the wider meta mm-hmm. so both of us kind of had our reasons for playing what we did but we were still playing the same basic shell yeah yeah um i ended up going five and three before i dropped in that event um and i'll be honest like it might might sound cocky i don't think i made any mistakes yeah like i lost to rng Um, yeah i played i played a yorian four color pile mirror match round one of the event Mm -hmm. and in game three I kept a four spell, three land hand. And by turn 15, I had 15 lands and I drew three spells and then died. Yeah. 
Um, if at any point in there I had drawn anything that my oriented blink for value or anything that drew cards or any removal or anything like that, I probably would have ended up being fine and probably win the match because I'll be honest, my opponent was not good. Yeah. Um, on back-to-back turns, they tried to counterspell something that I cast through a Cavern of Souls. Okay. Well, you um, know, happens. But, you know. It gets them out of their hand. It, it did. Um, unfortunately, I didn't draw anything to punish them. Um, that that could be aggravating. I, I think, <clears throat> just quickly, I'd like to say, I think something like that, um, I don't think it sounds cocky saying you didn't make any mistakes. I think that's something I've definitely tried to lean more towards for myself, at least um, trying to minimize mistakes mm. in a game. I understand. I literally just said, if we sat down and knew who would have the outcome of the match already, like it would be a lot, it would be way more boring, yeah. but sometimes what you register it, it you decide how high that mountain you gotta climb is mm-hmm. to get that win or to get that game or whatever under your boat. So I, I think minimizing mistakes is is fine. I, I don't I don't see that as being cocky. I, I think you're a fantastic magic player. Oh, and that's thanks, why man. I really, really like when I beat you. That, that makes me feel real good <laughs> 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 But yeah, I, I don't I don't think that's okay. Like at least for myself, like I know I don't I don't expect to like win big when I go to these things. Like, yeah, it'd be awesome, but like I gotta be in the right mindset. But that's at least my my thing. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I had I had the the Yorian mirror match that I just drew all lands and ended up losing mm. because of it. Uh very similar thing happened in round eight. I lost to Teamer Rhinos. Uh, it was just the same thing. Like if I drew any of my elementals, I could interact if I drew anything, but it was just like, t- I drew, I think like eight lands in a row. Yeah. And the only spell that I drew was a run and six. So just more lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that kind of felt bad. Um, and then my other loss during the day was my opponent won the die roll and mm-hmm. then played a mountain and a goblin guide. And I was a turn slow in game one. I was on the play in game two, so I beat him, and I was a turn slow in game three. Mm. So, mm. you know, that happens against that deck. Yeah. So it's like, I, there's, there was nothing I really could have done differently other than just register a different deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, I can't complain about how I played in modern. I still can complain about the fact that I didn't cash, but, you know, that's just me being me. Well, I think in that situation, you were trying, you were going there wanting to do, very well so yeah. i i think that's that's fine i mean yeah like i'm still okay with my disappointing results still being a five and three yeah yeah, yeah. that's sure <laughs> I, I at least didn't like oh three drop yeah absolutely i got that going for me absolutely uh pioneer however so until tuesday um uh well dom was in the room when i found out that Expressive iteration got banned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he heard my exasperated fuck. What do I play now? <laughs> um, and because both me and Samantha were planning on playing, is it prowess? Because Ledger Shredder is a hell of a card. Yes. And so we want to take full advantage of playing that and playing the best card draw spell ever printed in the game, other than Ancestral Recall. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So we were jamming that. We had a list that we were perfectly happy with. 
And then Tuesday, bam, EI got banned. So we tried a couple of builds without Express Federation. We couldn't really find what we wanted to play in that slot. Um, so we decided that we were going to try to play Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And it was another thing where we just we couldn't find a build that we were happy with. Um, there were some people who ended up doing well with it. Like Phoenix won the event. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't the way that we wanted to play the deck. So we kind of just scrapped it. Mm-hmm. And on Thursday, she audibled to playing Esper Greasefang. Mm-hmm. And I was still on Phoenix at the time. And I was like, hey, screw it. Like, we're just gonna, we're just gonna play it and hope to high roll. And then I was actually talking with Dom on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, probably <laughs> about like 11 a.m., I think. And we were, yeah, and we were going to be leaving for Michigan at two. And I'm sitting there. It's like, yeah, I just, I don't have enough time to figure out what, like, to, I can't borrow another deck. I just don't have, I don't have the cards to play anything else. I guess I'm just kind of locked into Phoenix. So I just got to hope. And then about an hour later, I messaged Dom, screw it. I'm going to just do some trades. I'm playing blue white this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I had seen someone talk about like, oh, this band opens it up for blue white. And I just sent it to him and I was like, uh, I know you were already kind of, it's what you wanted to you know it was it's what the heart wants you know that, that's what you were going for and uh i was seeing what your decision was at yet <laughs> and so yeah it's like uh, shaheem sarani posted an article it's like hey blue white's back and i'm just like uh, yeah screw it i'm gonna play it don't gotta tell you in twice <laughs> dude it was it was the easiest audible i've ever had once I actually settled on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played, I played Yorian blue white control. Um, because at this point, I think unless I'm playing Tron, I'm just going to play sky noodle in every format until they tell me not to. Yeah. I love the way the decks play and it's not, it's not overly busted having Yorian as a companion mm-hmm. because having to put eight mana into something is a lot Worse than having to put six mana into something like for a Luris. And yes. Yorian can't get stuff that's not already in play. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it is a more balanced version of the companions. It's still strong. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like going back home. Because <laughs> the last time I played anything blue white was last November in Vegas for the Channel Fireball event just didn't come together yeah um but this was exactly where i want to be in the format right now after this weekend yeah um so i was i was playing a variation on a couple lists that were doing well on moto um i was doing a couple trims here and there just to play the way i wanted to i changed some three ofs into a two-one split i just tweaked the numbers here and there for how i wanted to play the matchups fair um, like nobody's really playing a Gaia Reach Sanitarium. I love that card in any deck where I can play Narset because it legitimately lets you lock your opponent out of the game at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that to several people. And 
turns out it was a real good way to get a concession. Yeah. When your opponent can't have cards in hand anymore, they don't usually <clears throat> want to play the game anymore. It's it's hard to win if they don't have cards that they can play. Turns out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I went yeah. I ended up going six and two with blue white control. Um, my two losses were in second place and ninth place. Yeah. Um, can't feel too bad about that. Yeah, like if I'm losing to good players, sure, that's fine. Um the ninth place person was playing mono blue spirits. And in our game two, I forgot that slip out the back was a card <laughs> until yeah. How could you forget that was a card? Yeah, so it's um, <clears throat> quickly Google forgot what card it is. <laughs> um, blue <laughs> instant target creature phases out, and you get a plus one plus one counter on it. Yeah, how do you mm-hmm. not remember the random uncommon from the new set? Sorry, didn't play much creature decks. um but yeah their their creature had a curious obsession on it and i slammed a supreme verdict on turn four and then it disappeared their other random creature died and then they untapped and attacked me for three and then i lost the game yeah (laughs) yeah they're they were just super ahead on tempo still ahead on cards and i'm just like yeah we're we're done here Mm -hmm. Wow. The the person in second place was playing Mono Green Devotion. And that was a matchup that was actually one of the reasons why I did Audible off of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Because it just didn't feel like I had the kind of interaction that I needed. Um, and then like they'll randomly have uh, Cavalier of Thorns. Mm-hmm. That's a 5-6 with Reach. Yeah, yeah, that's dumb. There's I've been seeing game. that card going up in price a lot uh, since, like, they announced that they were doing Pioneer stuff more. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. This card's good. So I've seen like, it a lot in Explorer. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't doubt it. So hmm. it's just it was just a matchup where I felt like my decisions weren't relevant. And yeah. it basically was, if they stumbled, I beat them. If they didn't, I lost. Mm-hmm. So I played against Mono Green in round three. Uh, game one, he rolled me over because I drew a bunch of portable holes. And then game two and three, he just didn't do anything relevant. Uh, but then I played against again in round four against a guy who ended up making second place in the event. Mm-hmm. And game one, it was relatively quick. I drew a couple portable holes again in my uh, first couple turns. And then he just played a bunch of big stuff, ended up getting to a point where he could go infinite and kill me. Um, so I just, like, let's save time. Yeah, the next game. fair. Uh, and it's a good thing I did, because our game two took 35 minutes. Mm. Jesus. You know, I was going to say, uh, I think sometimes it is better to concede when you can start to see the writing on the wall to save time for further games. Yeah, because in game three. <laughs> um, well, especially when you're playing a deck like blue-white. Yeah, because it still takes time. Um, especially since my main win condition in that matchup is not in my deck. Mm. Um, I decked my opponent in game two. Awesome. 
And I decked my opponent after they cast Emrakul the Promise End. And then got it back and cast it a second time. <laughs> so I survived double Emrakul. How did you keep all the cards on the table after your erection hit the bottom of it. <laughs> well, it turns out all I had was lands in play, so it was a lot easier. It didn't matter. Oh, these anything. weren't uh, these weren't taps. Sorry. Yeah, no, sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, it was like my opponent cast an Emrakul and I'm looking at like two lands and a Supreme Verdict in hand. I'm like, sure. Do you, would you like to cast my spell? <laughs> Um, all they did was like on my upkeep, they activated my scry land, uh, put a land on top, like put a scry land on top, put a spell on the bottom, played a scry land for turn, and then like kept a land on top of my deck. Mm-hmm. So, like, all right, cool. On my upkeep on my next turn, I'm going to scry two. Hey, look, I found a counter spell. I'm going to keep that one on top, put that land on the bottom. I'll draw the counter spell, cast Supreme Verdict, passed. Yeah. And it's like, when you're playing a deck where so many of the cards just do the same thing, it's a lot harder for Emrakul to mess with you. Yeah. Redundancy is pretty good. Because, like, if I have six removal spells in hand, okay, would you like to cast one of them? No? Cool. Because I'm going to next turn. <laughs> Either way, your dude's going to die. It's just whether you do it or I do. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like game two was super long, super grindy. Um, Samantha was watching for most of it because her round ended quicker. And she posted in our one Discord chat. Um, it's like, so Ian and his opponent on Mono Green are both playing super quickly, and Ian just decked his opponent with like 10 minutes left in the round. It is impressive to watch. <laughs> and, and both my my opponent and I, we were playing super fast. We both knew exactly what was going on, and it's games like that that make me really hate slow control players because they make me look bad. Yeah. Oh, I I will. I've gone on record several times to say you're one of the fastest control players. Like I don't mind playing control against you mm-hmm. because. If I win, it's going to be fast. If I lose, it's going to be fast. Yeah, like it's. I'm not sitting there, you know, waiting for you. You flicking your two lands back and forth, trying to act like you have a counter spell when, like, I just thought sees you and I know you don't have anything. Like, let's get on with the show, you know. <laughs> or it's like, don't the the other one is, don't think about you know, don't act like you're thinking about countering this spell when we both know. If you had the counter spell, you would have windmill slammed it on this yeah. spell. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like my opponent, and I finished a turn cycle in under 30 seconds. <laughs> and this isn't just like land, go, land, go. No, this was um, cast a threatening spell, cast memory, delusion response, find a counter spell on another thing, cast a counter spell. Okay, cast another threat, kill it. Okay, I'm at my turn. <laughs> it's like and that was as fast as we were playing because we both knew we were going to need time yeah uh so we got to game three with about nine or ten minutes left on the clock and both of us had the ability to win the game that quickly Hmm. um because post board i had a bane slayer angel i had a lyra and i had a dream trawler in my deck so like i had actual threats 
I also am playing for Wandering Emperors. I'm playing for um, Hall of the Storm Giants. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, once I can answer that initial surge of what they're doing, they don't do a lot after that. That's fair. No. So I was able to get to a point on my turn five. Um, pass turn to my opponent. They had a bunch of creatures in play. I'm holding a farewell. So it's a six mana uh, exile all creatures, artifacts, enchantments, graveyards, any number of those that I want. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I answered the Karn that they had on board. And then they just had a bunch of creatures. Yeah. And if I don't draw a land or a Supreme Verdict here, I'm dead. But like counting it out, it was a 28 hour. And I just happened to miss. Because mm. any untapped land would do it, any Supreme Verdict would do it. So Ugh. you know, 28 outs. I'll take those odds. Yeah. And just drew, missed, died. But if I had hit my out, especially if it was the untapped land, mm-hmm. because it would have also exiled all of their old growth trolls, as well as the um, storm of the festival in their graveyard that they could untap and cast next turn. Oh, that's huge, yeah. But it just got to the point where it's like, yeah, we just just didn't get there. But it was a super well-played match on both sides. Mm-hmm. Like Both of us were like, man, my heart is racing right now. Not <laughs> bad, man. Yeah. So I was like, I, I feel like I played the weekend super tight. Um, I don't think I made any misplays. Like, there might have been a few decision trees where, like, I might have taken a 98% and 797% line. Yeah. But I... I feel like I played super tight. The deck list was super solid. Um, Narset's Reversal is one of my favorite cards in Pioneer right now. <laughs> the card's ridiculous. So, like, round one, admittedly, I had basically a buy because uh, I played against Teamer Mill. I mean, sure. <laughs> but I loved the deck because they were playing Ruin Crabs with... Um, the new cycle of uh, f- quote-unquote fetch lands where you play it for turn, you gain a life, and it goes to the graveyard immediately, and you get a basic yeah. mm-hmm. Um So they were playing a bunch of those with their ruin crabs and all their mill spells and a couple removal spells and everything. I've been and playing then, uh, Is It Mill deck in Standard on Arena that plays those. Um, so they were playing Teamer Mill. Because yeah. the green in their deck was for Splendid Reclamation. So they were playing God. combo kill. Because they would get back six <laughs> fetch lands with two crabs in play and just mill your entire deck. Mm-hmm. That's wild. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. my opponent, I had about 18 lands in my graveyard and I Narset reversaled their Splendid Rec. So oh, I got God. all of those back and I never had any hope of losing the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I, I think at that point you would have had to try to lose. Oh, very much so. Because there was also three memory deluges that they had milled over. So I could cast all of them and still hold mana up. So it was it was pretty difficult to lose from that point. Mm-hmm. Whoa, hang on a second. Hmm. 
I didn't know that they reprinted that card in Crimson Vow. Splendid Rep? Yeah. Yeah, no, you can play it in standard. It's standard legal. Yeah, have fun. We might it. we might be making some tweaks to our uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it null deck? Because right now that deck is kind of a combo kill deck because you're playing like Tasha's, but you're also playing uh Galvanic Iteration and Dual something. Mm-hmm. It's another copy of the next spell, mm-hmm. but it has foretold. Yeah. So if you get to like six mana, you can be like, okay, cast that for one, cast Galvanic Iteration for two, and uh, here's three Tasha's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my opponent was playing Expansion Explosion in that kind of slot. But yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I played a round, or in the game two against Mono Green that went 35 minutes, mm-hmm. I uh, Narset's reversaled a Storm the Festivities. Ooh. Unfortunately, they had creatures in play and they cast it pre-combat. So I couldn't get to the Teferi. Mm. But I still just got two lands into play and ramped back. So it was still fine. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I guess that was okay. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was okay. Yeah. Um, I did get to reversal a treasure cruise. Oof. Uh, I felt, bet that felt good. <laughs> <laughs> You must you must have wore your stretchy pants that day. Oh, <laughs> dude. Dude, it was so good. <laughs> that that card is so much fun to play. Mm-hmm. It is one of the few ways for you to beat a um ah crap. I can't think of the name. Four black black, uncounterable, look at target opponent's hand. Exile all uh, non-creature, non-land cards from their hand, and then exile them all from the graveyard as well. Oh, I know what card you're talking about. I don't remember what it's called again. Also, I hate it when I play along. Yeah, that one. (laughs) Uh, But I can't think of the name of the card. But it's played in the Lotus Field sideboards. Mm -hmm. Um, If you reversal that, it puts it back in their hand, and then you copy it, and then exiles all their stuff, so they can't combo kill you anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think Narset's reversal is one of the most underplayed and undervalued cards in Pioneer. Yeah. There's so many valuable spells people are playing. Like, yeah, dig through time is two mana, but when my dig through time counters yours, it's really good. Oh yeah, and now you can't cast yours because it's gone. It gone. Mm. It gone. <laughs> Your graveyard's gone. But yeah, it was like the blue-white deck right now. I highly recommend it for anybody who enjoys playing control decks in, pine, in any format where mm-hmm. you get to cast Planeswalkers and Rats. Um, like Narset is very good against like all the Phoenix decks and all the blue-red decks running around still. Uh, it is very good against Ledger Shredder because that is not a May trigger. Oh. So <laughs> if you cast two spells, you just discard a grid. Yeah. If I cast two spells, you discard a card. Like, mm. I took the last card out of my opponent's hand in um, around against Phoenix because I cast a like a four drop and I censored my own thing and paid the one. But triggered the, ledger tr- the two ledger shredders that they had in play. Oof. Hit the last two cards in hand. God. 
and just proceed to take over the game. So had they already drawn a card? They had. Okay. Because they cast an opt at my end step. And then I, at my own end step, cast a wandering emperor. <sighs> and then censored it. And it's like, hey, uh, I'll pay the one so this resolves. Uh, I'll make a token. You have no cards. Go. It's um, it's pretty gross. Yeah. But I'm just happy you're happy. <laughs> no, thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I have kind of a dirty taste in my mouth. Yeah. But other than that. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I, and was, what's what's terrible too is I'm now like looking up pioneer decks that I would want to play. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the format is in a great spot right now. It was super open. Um, it feels like like when you first look at it, it feels like mono green is just the best deck, mm-hmm. and it probably is. Like if you're going to be playing a deck in the format where you just don't want to interact with your opponent and just want to do stupid stuff. Yes, play mono green because it goes big, it goes wide, and in some game states, it goes infinite. It's a Timmy deck that's actually good. Yeah. Um, so I've mentioned the infinite combo once already, but um, the way that it works in this deck, because you can make so much mana with Nykthos, if you have a Kiora and a Karn in your graveyard, you have you cast a Karn, and then you wish for Pestilent Cauldron. So Pestilent Cauldron is a card out of Strixhaven. It's two and a black for an artifact. Uh, you tap to discard a card and make a 1-1, one, one, um, and then when that creature dies, you gain a life. Or you can pay you can pay one, tap it, and each opponent mills life or mills equal to the amount of life that you gained this turn. Or pay four, exile four cards from a graveyard and draw a card. However, on the back side of it, it is a sorcery. So you can wish for it with Karn because the front half is an artifact. The back half, three green green. Return up to two target creatures, lands, and or planeswalkers from your graveyard to your hand. Each player gains four life, and then you exile Restorative Burst. So you have to have enough mana to cast Kiora, cast Karn, cast Restorative Burst, and activate Nykthos. Which, you know... Five for the restorative burst, four for the Karn, three for Kiora, two to activate. So you need 14 mana. It's not actually that hard in this deck. Mm-hmm. So turn but, like six. Yeah, so you can do it only turn six, turn seven. But you use Kiora to untap your Nykthos, cast another Karn, go get the Pestling Cauldron that has now been exiled by itself, and repeat this over and over and over and over. Both players will gain infinite life. And then you have one overgrown tomb in the deck. And you also have two Sylvan Carriages. So you can make black mana. And then you cast the front half of Pestilent Cauldron and mill each opponent equal to a billion cards because that's how much life you gain this turn. 
there is no shuffle my uh like my graveyard in creatures in this format like the eldrazi titans that are in this don't shuffle back in it's not like old emrakul so there is an actual infinite combo in this deck it's not common for it to happen but the fact that it can i love it that's wild (laughs) yeah in like a, a smaller format too i think it's pretty sweet but yeah, it's like God damn it, Ian. Do I want to fucking play Pioneer now? Yes, you do. I don't own any of these cards. I'm sitting here looking at this budget magic zombies, but the non-budget because I have all the cards already. Most of them already. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like that's ever stopped you before not having the cards? Well, but like, here's my thing. I have the non-budget stuff. Hmm. So sure. I have the Cletus on the board. I have the Thought Seize, Mutavolts, sure. Which Mutavolts are only $4 now. That's kind of crazy. I have the Urborg. Crit Breakers, yep. I mean, I have those. Fatal Pushes, yep. Have those. Like, if I ever play Pioneer, I think this is what I'm playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wild. Wild, wild, wild. But yeah, like, there's, there's still a lot of things that you can do in this format. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is very wide open. Um, like the most popular deck was mono green ramp followed by mono red aggro. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were thirty nine in the other category on goldfish. So and that's including all of, like the, a lot of the one ofs already being out of that list. How many people were there for the pioneer? Pioneer was 200. I think it was actually 200 even. It was? Okay. Because I, I saw Goldfish. It did say to 200. I didn't know if they just like didn't count the others. I feel like it was it was close to 200, if not at 200. Okay. It's still, it's still a really good turnout. Yeah. So like when the top deck in the format is 10% of the meta, mm-hmm. it is very wide open. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, so you you can play pretty much anything you want to. And I think that is great. The bands were well done. Like, uh, (laughs) it's not that hard to pick the two most broken cards in a format and get rid of them. But to be honest, they did okay. For sure. Um, At the time, I was wishing that they had waited a week. Mm -hmm. um, Just because then I could play the broken prowess deck, but at the same time, so was everybody else. Yeah. So I'm okay with the changes and not just because it let me play blue white control. So in your talking to your opponents or other people that you saw there, how many people were like, man, I was going to play prowess or whatever until the ban. Um, so there were it was probably about 50-50 on people who had to switch decks versus people who were playing the same thing. I will say, however, the vast majority of the people who were saying that they had to switch decks were sitting at the top tables, mm-hmm. which is not super surprising because usually the best players tend to play the best decks. Yeah. Um, like the entire group that I was hanging out with over the weekend was some of Samantha's friends that she'd 
known through either the VML or um, just meeting them at other events. I think every single one of us switched Pioneer decks because most people were just planning on playing either Winota or Stress of Iteration. Yeah. Like, shocking. Um, but a couple, couple of the group, um, the most common switch was just to play Mono Green. Um, there was one person who played Boros Aggro, one person played Five Color Niv. Um, and it was just, but yeah, like every single one of us had to switch decks in the last five days. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, trying to like switch something that fast is is always like nerve wracking so it was mm-hmm. it was fun to not be in that position but be someone helping you along yeah <laughs> being being adjacent yeah not not being in that position but being adjacent to it well literally when we were talking and i was on like getting to well i think as a group we could probably pull together this or if you play Mono Red Aggro or Boros Aggro, I have 80% of the cards, or at least all the expensive stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when we started talking about Enchantress, it was like, I think we've gone too far. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's take it back a bit. Let's circle back around. And then you just tried to send in a list or LGS and finish off your blue-white, which I feel was the good decision for you. It, it was. So <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, but there is some good news for you, Luke. Yes, I'm um, listening. Is it prowess is still playable? Yeah. Um, I was, saw that. Uh, I list six and two, twenty third place. Um, she was playing Reckless Impulse over Expressive Iteration. Um, so it's just one in a red sorcery exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You can play those. Um, Seems okay. So it's basically just always two mana light up the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, like she swapped those out for that and obviously still did fine. Yeah. Um, so your cards are still worth money. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess what's what's the next tournament you're going to, Ian? Well, it was going to be, if I find a job in time, I was planning on going to NRG St. Louis. Um, it was going to be a pioneer modern legacy team event. I was going to try to find a team out of either some of the people that I knew from this event that I went to, or just people who I could convince into going mm-hmm. until today. So we actually had very good timing with recording this one because Wizards announced the Magic 30th Anniversary events. Um, It is going to be October 28th to the 30th in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And as soon as they announced that, uh, David Lance and Dan Becker and I are all like, okay, we go into this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm skipping St. Louis. I'm going Vegas, baby. There you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. Seems like a solid plan. 
Yeah. yeah, I don't think I can swing it there. Uh, I think it's just going to be hella busy at work. Mm-hmm. But they talked about the first stop after that is they're going to Charlotte. And I love Charlotte. So I'll go hang out and uh, spend some time, see some buddies down there. Mm-hmm. So that's at least where I'm thinking about heading when it comes to something like that. So, yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see what they're doing with this because it's actually a ticketed event. Yeah. Um, so there's going I don't know if like the tickets will include event entries or if you still have to pay for those on top. Um, but there's going to be a couple of different package availables. Um yeah. like they specifically say a commander specific ticket. So I'm going to assume that there will be a you can get into the main event and do all these other side things. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, cause was it command fest? It was fully ticketed as well. Like you I, had to honestly, buy. A, I'm not sure. I didn't. I, I, I remember seeing that people could only make it there for a few hours. And then they were like, yeah, you got to buy a ticket for a whole day mm-hmm. to get in. At, like in the doors at all so i think it'll be interesting but i think if they're doing something like this i mean hell it could be yeah you got to pay to get in before you do anything or if it is it comes with some event tickets or something like that but honestly i mean if this is going to be a huge celebration of 30 years of magic Worth like it. there could be door prizes and shit that they could be doing yeah that could be i mean that this would be super cool i mean i know the the huge mega corporation that has all the money giving free things out like that doesn't really happen but it could like that would be fun uh i think that'd be sweet yeah so like it it has a couple things on the list um that they put out today um like um magic worlds is going to be going on at this event um so there will be place where you can i can almost guarantee here's the spectator area where they'll have the stream up and you can watch it with everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mentioned a exclusive secret layer. So Ooh. that'd be really cool if I could just get one of those. That'd be interesting. Um, because there is like a weekend pass option. There'll be a VIP all access option. Of course. Um, there are going to be parties on Friday and Saturday night that you have to buy tickets for, but mm-hmm. hey, if I can go drink with a bunch of magic players that I've known throughout the country, sure, done. Yeah, if, if they if they have a uh, they take a page out of like Funko <laughs> Funko's group, that's the big thing. Uh, San Diego Comic Con's coming up. They're starting to release. They, today was day one of the previews, mm-hmm. and um, the big thing is you get the tickets to those events, and it'll be like, oh, hey, cool. There's 500 people in here and everyone gets a Funko prototype that could be valued anywhere from 200 to like 3000. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Here's a box that's randomized. Like yeah, that those can be big tickets. Like yeah, you just so sign once, up for everything to yeah. see. <laughs> once we see how the, what all the details are for all that stuff, I might be buying the VIP pass because it probably will be worth it. Yeah. Man, oh man. I'm going to be jealous of shit. But the big <laughs> The big thing that I am excited for is there is going to be a modern main event. But unlike most modern events, the top eight is not going to be modern. The modern is the modern top eight event 
is going to be a limited edition beta booster draft. Oof. Oof. So oh. it's probably going to be the most competitive modern event I've ever played in because literally everybody who's worth their salt is going to go. Yeah. But I'll be 100% honest. If four-color Yorian Pile is still the best deck going into that tournament, I am sleeving up my Tron lands and abusing the hell out of them. Fair. Because Fair. that is not a good matchup for the slow Yorian deck. Mm. I, I mean, did they, they? That's all they said. Is it going to be like the was it the Rochester draft? My or assumption is it's going to be the Rochester draft, like it was. Uh, Those were really fun to watch. Yeah, like that was super cool. I'm not into the limited stuff, but man, I tuned in to watch people draft. Yeah. That was a little ridiculous. <laughs> because like because it's one thing if you're watching like the over the shoulder cam of lsv just drafting a normal set yeah when you get to watch eight very good magic players sit around in rochester draft beta yeah get excited when you get to watch eight of the best magic players stand around and be excited to draft a basic swamp yeah (laughs) man man that's wild because like, that would be absolutely cool. insane. Mm. Because you got to figure it's going to be in Vegas. So it's probably like if it's anything like the last one they went to out there, the Fireball event, that was 1,400 people. Yeah. So you got to make day two. Mm-hmm. You got top eight. But I don't think it's too far outside the realm of possibility for me to hit that 13 and two record to make top eight. Hey man, anything's possible. Anything is possible. (laughs) And at worst, I scrub out of the main event. Oh no, I got to hang on Vegas. I'm still in Vegas. That's in, you said October. Yeah. It is Halloween weekend in October. Mm. Which is also probably going to be a fun time to go to Vegas. Yeah, I I think that's probably. I can't imagine why you why you'd think that. <clears throat> no reason in particular. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to think if the schedules are out yet either. <clears throat> like you could, there's sports teams now in Vegas. You can go see. <laughs> like, oh, <yeah. laughs> like, and even if I don't go to an actual game, because like when when Samantha and I went last time, um, we were looking at Raiders tickets because the the Bengals were in town. Yeah. So it was actually a game that was relevant for both of us because mm-hmm. Browns fan for me, and she's a Ravens fan. But um, but it's like oh, so whoever's the per- the team who's in town playing is actually relevant for both of us. Yeah. The tickets were like three hundred dollars for yeah. So it's like ah, maybe not. Yeah, it's like this would be really cool, but then you remember you're also in Vegas and like everything's up there. Yeah, <laughs> but they do have the. You check out the Golden Knights. That might be a more affordable ticket. Mm-hmm. Well, what you can do is on Sundays during football season, you go to the giant outdoor swimming area that they have with 160 foot widescreen TVs playing every single game Mm -hmm. and just go there and drink and watch football and swim. I might have to do that this time. 
That's fair. I can I can see that being fun. Yeah, seems like a pretty good consolation prize to the if you miss top eight. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's next on my agenda for Magic. Hey man, hell yeah, it'll be awesome. Well, I'm I'm excited for you. I'm already jealous of uh, all the fun things you're gonna do. <laughs> hey, I, I missed out for the last three years on all the good shit. So I still advantage. haven't. I still haven't been out to Vegas. Want to? I almost did last in this past January. Mm-hmm. David Lee Roth was doing like th- uh, five shows, and he was going to be retired after that. And I was like, yeah. "Man, this is the time to do it." But it, it just didn't didn't come around for me. So that's okay. We'll go someday. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Um, but yeah, we had had a lot to talk about today between all the bannings, all the new stuff, all of the not bannings in Legacy. But we'll see how everything starts coming together. Absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty sure next time we record, we'll be back in spoiler season. Uh, we always are. I mean, yeah. I think <laughs> um, Double Masters 2 spoilers are going to officially start like, next week sometime. Yes. Besides the cards that have been opened in Baldur's Gate. Yes. Which, so. let's be honest, everybody's saying, oh, like somebody mispackaged all these. It's like, no, they've been doing this for fucking years. Yeah. They're doing this on like intentionally. Yeah. Like, this is not like, oops, we messed up. This is like, mm-hmm. let's put this pack in there. Yeah, this works. This is fine. This is okay. It's interesting that people trying to sell them mm-hmm. uh, because oh, they're wow. trying to sell them in like the, yeah. But it's like, oh, well, you could set it off and get it graded and then stamp before the release date. I'm like, uh, and? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> like, no, I'm okay. Whatever. Hey. Anyway. Yeah. But for now, <laughs> since we don't actually have any new cars to talk about, it is time for us to head off for the night. So from all of us here at the pregame effect, y'all have a rest of the night. Bye, See everybody. You.